0: Welcome to the BTL podcast. Hey everyone, it's Brett Kelly with the Born to Lead podcast, BTL. I've got a fantastic episode. I've got Zach Younger here with me today on the show. Zach, say hi to everybody.
1: Hello, Brett. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you today.
0: Man, I'm really excited that you said yes to this, and I know you're. It's a big day for you, man. You got your your wedding anniversary today, and here you are on a, a leadership podcast, helping other people in in their lives, pouring into their worlds. Man, thank you.
1: Ah, thank you. I, I when when you approached me about having a conversation about this podcast, I. I Absolutely, said yes immediately, and whatever it takes. And and, and so uh, I will say this is my last call of today uh, on Friday on our anniversary. And so I
0: am uh,
1: absolutely over the moon for this entire day and our conversation here today.
0: Awesome, man. Well, Zach, do you mind just sharing with everybody a little backstory of who you are, where you're from, and where you're at today?
1: Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, so. You'd mentioned my name is Zach Younger. I live in Northern California in Sacramento. Uh, My wife is from Northern California. However, I grew up in Minnesota and I traveled around the country. Uh, The day I graduated high school, I, I became a professional stunt person. And I traveled around the country, a little known fact, uh, as a professional water skier and stunt performer and wow. performed all around the world uh, doing uh, stunt shows, water stunt shows and uh, wakeboarding competitions and freestyle water skiing competitions. And And uh, I ended up in the San Francisco area working at a park called Marine World, which is like SeaWorld. Uh, I had worked at SeaWorld previously. It's just owned by Six Flags. And I tripped uh, across... Uh, a little watering hole, uh, through some friends and I, uh, met my wife there and, uh, the rest is history. I stayed in California, absolutely fell in love. And, uh, over time in California, we ended up from the Bay area up into Sacramento, California in the Northern, uh, area and, uh, been with Keller Williams Realty now for nine years. Um, a lot of people ask me how long I've been selling real estate, and yes, I have sold real estate and do sell real estate. However, uh, I look at myself as a servant leader within within my organization. Um, my goal, my life's mission is to serve many, uh, to serve as many people as possible. And so my what I do is I'm an instructor. I teach, and I've learned that if I can pour into other people, if I can develop other people and help people be the best version of themselves, then I always end up uh, at the end of the day being the best version of myself too. So it's a little bit selfish because I, I feel great when I help people and uh, it just tends to work. And so that's kind of where I come from and a little bit different.
0: Thank you for going through all of that. And I love the the fact in mentioning servant leadership. That's so critical. What? But- I'm going to challenge you a little bit on what you're saying about feeling selfish as a result of all of that, man. I mean, you're, you're giving your time, your energy into the lives of others and knowing that your, your conversations and your time with them is a positive influence and an impact in their world. How does that, how does that feel as though it's selfish on your end?
1: I, I use the term selfish, uh, very lightly there. Uh, it, it's humbling to know that I can, that I can pour into people and, and help them get to where they need to be. And while it's humbling, I like, hmm, I, I like the way it makes me feel. And when I get energy from it, uh, that, that really pours into me. And ultimately that's, that's filling myself up and, in the truest for, form of the word, that's a selfish act, and um, I know that's silly. And I'm not a selfish person. However, uh, I'm also a God-fearing person, and I believe that if you're not doing it for for Him, uh, then it can be a selfish act, and then I'm I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with the argument against it as well.
0: You're so selfless. <laughs> it is so selfless. So
1: selfishly selfless.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, I like that. Actually. <laughs> I really do. I, I like that. So, so with your past experience and working in, I think you had said it was with Marine World and going from that into now the, the teacher realm. And I love that you call it, you know, just being a teacher, being an instructor, which you are a mentor with all of that how do you go and what have you learned over the course of this period of time on your journey going from marine world into where you're at right now
1: it's interesting uh, that you asked that i when i had reached kind of the the pinnacle of my uh, life as an athlete i had a lot of people that asked me to coach them in sports or in more specifically around water skiing or uh in stunt performing and oftentimes i would say yes because i like to help people and then we would get into the environment where i would start coaching them and i got stuck i realized uh, and it was later on in my career that i I realized that i was an awful instructor at water skiing and stunts (laughs) and the what I, what I came to realize was that it came so naturally to me as a child and as a teen, when I surrounded myself with coaches and listened to what they said, it just came so naturally. And because, because it came naturally, I was, I was awful at explaining someone else on how to do it. And it was at that point when I realized I needed to get outside my comfort zone. I needed to do something completely different if I was going to continue pouring into other people. And Uh, when I found the organization that I'm currently with, I looked through the organization at at what I could, where I could get outside of my comfort zone and technology just happened to be it. And this was about nine years ago. I, I, I joined my organization, our organization, Keller Williams, and, and I found, look, there's this thing, technology, that's kind of disrupting our industry. And this was about nine years ago. And I said, I don't really understand technology at the level I should. And there's a lot of other people that don't also. So I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to emerge myself in what I can figure out how to do, how to leverage technology to help people in our organization, to help people be better at what they do. And it, and I figured if I could figure out ways to help people use technology to be in better relationships then I could win with people because I believe that everybody needs to be able to communicate at a really high level. And when you use tools like technology to do that, um, I, I just kind of, I, Saw an opening and and I ran after it and it ultimately came from the fact that I I was an awful instructor I was an awful coach at, at what I did so well So I had to go find something that I didn't do well and figure out how to do it and immerse myself in it That way I could explain to others how they could do it, too
0: What is the mindset that you've got to have to overcome that type of of adversity that you were facing in going into something that you didn't have experience with you. Yeah. You just mentioned that you had to get yourself out of your comfort zone. So how do you go from something so comfortable to you day in day out of, of you being a top performing athlete to then that recognizing, I, I want to call it your epiphany moment you had of, I just did, this is not me like, how do you overcome that type of adversity? Because I know what that mindset can typically look like and what it does to you, uh, not you specifically, Zach, but you, the general you, what it can do. uh, How do you, how do you do that? I mean, what was your mindset going, going through all of that in the transition?
1: It was important to be grounded in, in the fact that like, I loved helping people. It's been my entire life, uh, whether that was through scouting as a child and going into to uh, helping people through uh, high school or tutoring people uh, through college. And, and I just loved helping people. And so my mindset is if I put everyone in front of myself, in other words, if I just put everybody else's needs ahead of my own, I'll always have the opportunity to get whatever it is I need to get, or I'll be able to get to wherever I need to go. And my that mindset of look it's not about me and i joked we joked earlier about this selfishness and 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 yet it was quite serious that ultimately i I look at it as a selfish act because it it reminds me that look it's not about me if if it's about me or it ends with me uh that's a dead-end street and so i i just i i sometimes have to put myself in check, like we all do. And sometimes I realize that I'm I'm doing something um, for my own good. And if I put myself in check and check myself in and say, okay, am I really doing this for someone else? And if the answer is yes, then I'm winning.
0: I love it. I absolutely love that. So so what is your what is your belief system every single day now? How do you how do you go through having that type of motivation on a daily basis that you're relentless in in your ability to pour into others?
1: I, I realized that I needed to borrow that motivation from other people sometimes. And I love what you say and that is that that we we have a tremendous opportunity to surround ourselves with mentors, and you had even mentioned uh, in the past that we can find mentors in people that aren't in our lives. In other words, finding people that we don't actually already know. And so, where I find a lot of my motivation is in books, and not necessarily paper books. Now, you know, I've got I've got paper copies of books all the time that I'm that I'm. Fingering through how I listen, I like to I do audible and so I listen in on books. I spend a lot of time in my car traveling around and a lot of time in the airplanes uh before we got to where we are now, where no one's really flying uh, <laughs> so I listen to a lot of books and when i when I start listening to a book and it really resonates with me, that's when I go out and I buy a copy, so I always get a digital copy, an audio copy, and then when it resonates with me, it's usually within the first about 15 minutes. Then I stop and I go and order the book and I don't finish listening to it until I have a hard copy in front of me. What I've found is that if I if I have a hard copy book in front of me while I'm listening to the book, the motivation really starts flowing. I can speed up the way that I'm listening to it and my comprehension of where the author is coming from or the message that the author is, is, is intending to transfer into me um that's where i get my motivation and so i i to answer it it's i I borrow that motivation from other people i borrow it from people i don't know
0: i love it uh and it's so cool to hear you say the same thing that i do i don't i don't necessarily always stop the book though i'll be honest about it but there are and there are some books where I've found I don't need to have that hard copy. You know, I, I can I can continue to listen to it. However, however, in all, I'm able to to really just be able to follow, follow along with it while I'm listening to it. And it helps me. I can pause. I can highlight stuff. I can go back to it. But I retain the information so much better. So I, it's really cool that, as I've mentioned it to a lot of other people, and they're like, no, I'll just read it. Or no, I just listen to it. Well, I do I do both. So I'm glad other people do too. I think it's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it when I trip over people that do that same thing as well. No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So, so with, with you learning so much from others and like we've, we've said, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be from folks that we know that we've met. We may feel that we've met them. We get that, that type of connection through the content that we gain from them. What have you really accomplished and learned with with this changing your skill sets over your your journey time that that we're talking about here, Zach?
1: What have I accomplished or learned through this? Um, I'd say that probably the biggest thing is I've learned how to be a better father. Uh, I have two kids at home, two boys, and they're the world uh, to my wife and I. Uh, however, I think, the, the knowledge and the skills that i've acquired from from authors and mentors and, and leaders in my life is that i my my personal my personal uh preference i'm a i'm a high eye individual in the in the disk scale I'm a, I'm a sociable person an influencer i like to have a lot of relationships and the tendency for me is to have a lot because i have I feel like I have to have a lot of relationships in my life. It's difficult to go deep into relationships. I find it for myself. And so what, I, what I've what i learned over time is that I needed to get super purposeful in my life about getting really deep into certain relationships. And I know it seems like it'd be a no-brainer to get into a deep relationship with my wife and my, my children. And of course it was. And yet I didn't really know how to do it it didn't come naturally to me and so i i needed to find uh people and stories and and, and resources that would make me be intentional about Getting deeper into relationships. And that's why I'll give a plug here, the the, the love languages, the five love languages yes, uh, of great. relationships. It's just my wife was the one who brought it to me and I thought it was just chintzy and I wasn't going to read it. And then she brought it to me again. And then finally she hit me over the head with it. And finally I read it and I just, it blew me away and um i joke now about how i really didn't want to read the book it didn't sound like my type of thing and uh it's it's changed the way i communicate with my with my sons because they both have different love languages uh and a different love language than my wife as well and so uh getting purposeful about those relationships has been the biggest reward through this process
0: that's amazing and i the whole concept with the the love languages, I, I was the same. I was very apprehensive on looking into it or reading it and understanding it over when you actually are able to take that and, and implement that into your relationships and connections that you've got with other people. It makes a world of a difference in how you can communicate and how, how they perceive others and, and how they receive information simply by all of that. I think that's great. And you mentioned that when, you know, when we were just chatting earlier, you mentioned with your skills, something that's made a really big impact in your world, not just in terms of business, but we were talking a little bit about the seven F's. So this is something that is, is very, uh, it's very important to me. It's made a big impact in, in how I function and how I recalibrate on a weekly basis. Uh, honestly. And, and it sounds that you're in the same boat with that too. So this is a skill set that you've really honed in on. So do you, do you mind Zach sharing what that experience has looked like and what the seven F's really are?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, Brett. Um, to give just kind of a, just a quick backstory on this. Um, I mentioned that I, that I find a lot of leadership and mentorship in, in books and it was a, it was um, a colleague of mine and a mentor of mine who recommended the first time that I should read a John Maxwell book, uh, Dr. John Maxwell. And that, that book was intentional living. And when I read the book, what, what really resonated with me was creating a growth plan, having a personal growth plan. Now, historically, before reading that book, I always knew that I, there were things I needed to do to make myself better. I needed to go to school. I needed to do well in school. I needed to practice sports. I needed to, I needed to work on my relationships. And yet, I never really understood what it looked like to get purposeful in my growth and my journey of becoming a better person. And uh, so, I started creating a growth plan. And uh, admittedly I was not very good at it. I, I just, I hit this natural ceiling with my growth plan. In other words, I would start writing down what it was I wanted to do to become a better person or to be, uh, a wiser, smarter, or, or, or more successful. And, and ultimately Every time I'd sit down for a growth plan, I'd, I'd stop after like three things. And I, and I would I'd think about like, what am I going to read? Or what am I going to do to develop as a, as a better uh, father? Or different things like that. And I would just, I'd stop and i get stuck. And then there was this book called The One Thing uh, that was written by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. And that's the seven F's that you're referring to. Um, when I got to that page in the book, um, if I remember correctly, it's figure 16. And the, the, the seven F's is, is where Gary and Jay talk about getting super purposeful about finding the seven places in your life to be the best you can be. They, and they talk about the focusing question, or in other words, ask yourself, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. But then they took it deeper. They said, okay, what's the one thing I can do in my spiritual life or for my spiritual life, such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier and necessary. And they have seven of these, these circles, the the seven F's. What's the one thing I can do for my physical uh, ability that uh, in which by doing it, everything else becomes easier and necessary. What's the one thing I can do in my personal life. What's the one thing I can do in my finances. I can go on and on and, and, when, when I sat back and said, "Okay, there's a model that I can follow of seven different things that I can focus on in my in my growth plan," it it just it completely turned up the dial on on what it
0: looks like to actually build a purposeful life through growth. So how do you how do you track that? How do you measure that? So
1: obviously. <laughs> you need what, what we call smart goals, right? Mm-hmm. And we've all talked about this. So in other words, if I'm going to get purposeful, if I'm going to create a, a growth plan around spiritual life, I need to have a very smart goal around that. And obviously the first one's specific, right? And so it needs to be very specific as to what I need to do to grow. And then, and then it needs to be measurable. It needs to be measurable. In other words, if I don't attend this, if I don't achieve this goal, I fell short. And, and of course, then there's, there's the attainable or achievable, uh, other people do there, uh, or a realistic uh, goal, and then something that's time-bound. Uh, in other words, you've got a place at, at this point in time, I have achieved this goal. And so if you take that standard and anyone listening in, you can just Google smart goals. You're going to see different definitions for each of the different acronyms with it, and they all work. Uh, but ultimately, you have to be very specific uh, around what it looks like to have achieved goal, uh, growth in that category. And and of course, you write it down. You always write it down
0: and then check in on it. How often do you check in on yours? Not enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what would it look like if you were able to check in on them?
1: That's a great question. Uh, if I were checking in on my growth plan enough, I would say I'd be checking in on it weekly. I well, would literally put I it down. Saying,
0: yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, it, it took me a really long time of even getting into the groove. I do I do a wheel of seven F's every single quarter, every single quarter. And I've been doing it for maybe, I don't know, like four years, maybe a little bit more than that, I don't know, three years four. I don't who knows how long it it's been, but long enough where I actually didn't start recalibrating on my weeks until maybe eight months ago, nine months ago, and I'll really just set a focus and I'll put it on my calendar of, you know, hey, here's the three that are the lowest. I mean, really low. and this is not something I feel really good about. And especially if one is family, I, I, it pains me to even say that, and everybody's hearing this now. So it pains me to say that. So I set a commitment that you know I'm going to check in on where I'm at on a scale of one to ten on Monday, and I'm going to check in on myself on Friday. That way I can rate myself the beginning of the week and the end of the week, so I can recalibrate and set my calendar accordingly. So. I was just curious what what you do with all of that because you're you're a very successful guy I mean it's worked really well you've got a beautiful family beautiful success in your in your career and people that that are around you and who you surround yourself with so I was curious what that looks like so how often do you set goals man I mean what's your habit around that
1: so when I when I first started doing it we we did it yearly my wife and I would sit down once a year and we did it very what we would call entrepreneurially we just we would say okay let's let's sit down let's look at our goals and we kind of did it separately and we did it separately and uh and then we decided that or I decided for me was I was going to check in on it quarterly and what I found not fast enough. Uh, it's nice to hear somebody else stumbling through it, Brett. Thank you for being vulnerable and explaining <laughs> yes. that. I didn't, it took me geez, six, five years of doing this to to realize that I was not, I wasn't, I told myself I'd do it quarterly and I wasn't doing it quarterly. I just wasn't. I, mean, I if I got to it, I got to it. I, when it came to my growth plan, I checked in. I did it yearly. I told myself I would check in on it quarterly, and I didn't. And so now I am purposeful about reflecting back on what my per- growth goals look like, and I do that monthly. And it's on my calendar to where I'm checking on how I'm doing. I'm checking the temperature on my growth plan uh, every single month, And I and I told you I should be doing it weekly.
0: So other than other than having your your annual plan and your quarterly, and then you break yours down even monthly, I'm sure you're looking at your weeks. I know you're you're big into time blocking, just as as well as I am. You're probably even more maniacal than I am about it. I don't know. So how did you get into the routine of utilizing uh, a calendar as as such a tool for you to help you and benefit your world, and how does that impact your family too?
1: There's two parts here. So I started using a a digital calendar about eight years ago uh, and living by it. And I found that I was really awful at saying no. And if I didn't block out my calendar to basically have a reason why I couldn't do something that I wanted to do, um, I just didn't do it. And so that digital calendar helped me because then I could block out these times of the things that I needed to do to get through to the day. Uh, Prior to that, I was a workaholic. I worked 80, 90 hours a week regularly. Like literally regularly, like not, I work 40 hours this week and then 80 hours the next week and then 40 and then 30 and then 50. No, I literally worked 90 to 95 hours every week for like five years straight. And that was just, it was, and it's because I just don't, I wanted to do everything. And and I realized that wasn't possible when I had my family. And that's when the calendar, the digital calendar came into where I knew when my day was over and when my work day was over then we had the family calendar, and that worked. Now, I will say this: I was awful even at my digital calendar. I just, <laughs> what, I'm, just I'm not good at it. And um, it was it was about two and a half years ago when I hired my executive assistant, and I immediately gave her access to my calendar. I said, "You are in charge of my calendar. Nothing goes on my calendar without going through you." And I need you to just protect my time and, and be in complete control of the calendar. And, and she took, took it very seriously. And I, I would put something on my calendar and she'd delete it. And then she would follow up with me to say, look, you, you didn't pass that through me.
0: Oh, that was, is so good. That is so good. And it, just,
1: it opened my eyes. And that's when she said, look, you're spending too much time in emails. Because I was, I had blocked time to catch up on my emails every day. She said, you're spending too much time on your emails. I need you to give me access to your inbox. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. Like I hired talent. And I'm not sure she actually said that, but that's what I heard. Yep. And so when I gave her access to my email, all of a sudden my calendar opened up because I wasn't spending three hours a day following up on 350 emails that were coming through. Mm-hmm. She was going through monitoring all of my emails and, and just marking the ones that I really needed to handle. And all of a sudden I had two extra hours every single day to, that's to do exactly what I wanted to. And so it was two part. It was actually leaning into the calendar and then giving up power of my calendar to somebody that was better at it than I was.
0: Yeah, that's, what a great story. And even, even for you to have that realization that she helped you come to that realization oh yeah where your time is your time and if you're not controlling it somebody else is going to allow their time to start just pouring right into it and then you're just saying yes 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 yeah i'll do that yeah let's talk yeah let's get lunch no and next thing you know you're at hour 89 of the week and it never ends man struggle is real they say (laughs) well said well said well zach i really appreciate you coming on and and saying yes to this this is something that it fits within your your life's vision what you really stand for of helping and pouring into other people and by us being able to do this so that everybody in the audience they can take away all of all of the value that you're providing to them here so we're gonna go ahead and in the uh, in the BTL toolbox, Zach is going to, uh, as gracious as he is, he's providing us the uh, his his insight on the seven F's. So he's going to provide us with some content for us to have in the toolbox. So Zach, in order for everybody to get into the BTL toolbox, they've got to support a charity of your choice, man. So how can folks access this document? What's the charity going to be here?
1: Yeah, to get access to the, the tool that has really helped me get super focused is to just make a charitable donation to the Celiac Disease Foundation. Uh, my oldest son uh, is celiac disease, and for those of you that are, are unfamiliar, uh, 1% of all people in our world have celiac disease. In fact, one out of 10 of you listening to this have a family member that has celiac disease. And it's, and it's a, it's a very real autoimmune disease uh, that, that affects a lot of people. And so um, I, I struggle with coping with my son because I, I, I don't under, I don't, I wish I had it with him, and so I could really understand what he goes through. However, the Celiac Disease Foundation is is so good at creating resources and tools and and fighting for a cure uh, for celiac disease that affects so many people, and so, uh, if you would please make a donation uh, to them, you'll get access to it. And Brad, is it okay with you if I add something to that tool? I'd love. I've got a lot of books that I've have made a really profound impact on me as a leader. Uh, if it's okay with you, I'd like to put
0: those man, down. On the anything list you, Zach, that. anything you say, I trust at this point, and I'm totally <laughs> good with it. You come on, you whatever, whatever it is, man. <laughs> Whatever it is, Good. Well,
1: I'll, I'll make sure to put out a list of, of the favorite books that have made an impact on me or what I'm reading right now that, that I think might help uh, you and your listeners.
0: I love it. I love it. Everybody is going to absolutely get so I'm, I'm confident in everybody getting value out of this and being able to just continue to grow as as leaders themselves and understand who and how they can impact other people so thank you so much zach really grateful for you man you're you're incredible and uh, i love being able to have conversations with people just like you man it's awesome so thank you
1: thank you brad i appreciate your leadership keep it up hey
0: everybody thanks for listening to this week's episode of the btl podcast that's the born to lead podcast Please be sure to stay up to speed with all of our episodes that we're going to be launching by subscribing to us on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for more information about what we're doing, check us out on Facebook, Born to Lead Podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram there too. And when you're ready to elevate yourself and your mindset, learn more from all of the folks that we've got on the show about their knowledge, attitude, skills, and their habits be sure to stay tuned on Facebook. That's how you're going to learn more about where to access and how to access our BTL toolbox where you'll have all of the content that we were mentioning before. So stay tuned, everybody, and thanks for listening. See you next time.